episode 17 is what I've been trying to see. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Neon Valley episode 17, baby. 17, (laughs) and we're still here. God damn it. I got to stop saying baby. I I was listening back to a... uh, No, it's your thing. No, I don't want it to be my... It's not my thing. It's it's like... Isn't it it like Markiplier's thing? I was listening back to an episode. But you put a Philly, you put a Philly accent on it. We recorded recently. That's fair, and uh, I don't think it's out. It's not out as of recording this, but it'll it'll be out obviously by the time you're listening to this. And there's a point in which I said uh, "baby" like three times in a row, um, <laughs> like like I swear within a minute and a half. And I tried to make a mental note of not saying that again. And somehow I drove directly into the curb I was trying to avoid. And within the first 10 seconds of the podcast said it, but that's fine. That's fine. There's only one thing I could say to that. Baby. Baby. All right. There it, there it is. Yeah. Damn it. How you doing this week, Mitchell? How you doing? Oh, oh, how you doing? Spicy. <laughs> Great, been a been a busy week. But good. Hey-o. Put that on a t-shirt. We had another busy week. No, I genuinely did have a very busy week so far. It's only Tuesday. Day, day, days since last busy week, zero. <laughs> no, yeah, I um I've been trying to stream a lot more consistently. I've been. I'm on my last week Where of can work they find right you? now. Oh, they can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv, Scourge Slaps, uh, for now, as long as uh, the entire Ooh. world doesn't turn its back on Twitch. I don't know. You know, I guess we'll have to see where this goes. Uh, I'm at the we mercy of the pack. To the curb. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't have enough clout to make any substantial moves on my own, so I follow the pack. We're not making demands. No. For now, Twitch is still the best option for what i'm trying to do so no <laughs> but no scorch slaps but yeah no i've been trying to stream more i've been uh working on music a lot lately we i've been editing the episodes for our podcast been working my last week of work my last Ooh, day is next exciting. monday yeah. yeah Ooh, celebratory uh episode for that that's right oh true we'll, true, true. we'll live stream your last day at work uh beautiful <laughs> i couldn't imagine a better idea what are they gonna do fire you oh shit uh you can't imagine how many times people have made that joke in the last like week or it's, two yeah it's such a painful that's why sometimes you don't tell people i've known people <laughs> who specifically tried not to tell people when they're leaving because they don't want people to make a big deal about it yeah yeah no that's totally fair there's something about that because i I don't necessarily make a big deal of it. It's just my personality, too. Like, not that things aren't a big deal. It's just that I don't, like, make them a big deal to other people. Does that make sense? Yes. Uh, I'm here for the celebration. Yeah. And, like, while I like telling the people that matter, quote-unquote, like, as harsh as that might sound to to people I'm not telling, (laughs) but that's not quite what I mean. (laughs) But... Uh, yeah, when it comes to something like a big move or a big life change, like 
people that I work with, I don't always directly feel like, oh yeah, I'm going to tell every single person at my job. Uh, cause I like, it's funny you brought, you even brought that up. Cause like today at work, I had like a coworker who was like, Hey, so like, I heard you're moving. Why didn't you tell me? And literally I've talked to this guy like twice in the last year. <laughs> like, like we, cause we don't have the same shifts ever. And we only ever cross paths, you know, within like the last half an hour of a shift or something. And yeah. Yeah, like, we never talked, and it was just this weird interaction of, like, oh, yeah, man, like, oh, I just, I guess it never came up, like, my bad, and he's like, well, tell me about it, so I, like, you know, gave him the whole spiel about moving to Oregon, and he's like, oh, As if he's crazy. gonna take that to heart and be like, damn, my life has been enriched by knowing that that backstory your personal lore yeah exactly right like um, you know what for him maybe it was you know maybe for him this is like the bloodborne of his life this is like the dark souls he he just loves learning lore about the people around him you know <laughs> he's, he's like, like i haven't completed the quest line with this npc and <laughs> i'm not gonna get that option so gotta gotta complete as many quests as i can he's spamming the quest that's what's happening he's 100 percenting his life yeah. It's a seasonal event, and he realizes he's <laughs> almost going to miss out. Damn. I never, man, I never thought about somebody trying to 100% their life, and now now I'm obsessed with that idea. That's incredible. Uh. <laughs> Have you, okay, real talk. Real talk. And it, this this definitely happens after I play games like, like Telltale games and even Oblivion and stuff like that in Skyrim. Where when I'm having conversations in my head, I'm almost seeing my like responses I can pick from. Like I'm still responding in the way that I normally would, but I'm almost visualizing like, oh, how are all the different ways I could respond to this situation? <laughs> uh, I don't get that necessarily. I think like, I don't know. I think I respond too quickly to most of those situations to even think about that that deeply like especially like at my job and stuff like that like i don't know i don't maybe in like a job interview or something like that i will think very deeply and it's almost like in my head i have these options of like oh shit okay what but in everyday life i can't say i do that what what does happen is the afterthought of like you know in a uh, dragon's age inquisition type game or a, mm -hmm. a Bioware game where after you say something, oh, yeah. it'll be like, Charles didn't like that. <laughs> like, I, I, that's the things I notice where someone will kind of be like, Haha, and then make like an awkward face. And I'll be like, oh, man, they didn't like that. So, uh, yeah, like I, I get that part of it, of the video game conversation. I, I don't get the uh, I don't usually get the, uh, the intro option. <laughs> I like we get our, our different UI features. And I'll say mine is I don't have like this this paragraph of a conversation yeah, it's not every response. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's more like i can respond crazy i could be super nice i it's it's like acknowledging wow there's multiple ways i can respond to this situation oh yeah. other than just the the how's it going living the dream how about you i think another you, day in paradise <laughs> i think you accidentally uh created some kind of like therapeutic <laughs> like oh, like yeah, i didn't think about it that way <laughs> it's like by using video games and that's it because you know i would say that's a very healthy way to approach things where it's like hey you know like m let me app actually weigh the options 
of my conversation like, and like do the I outcome. really want to be yeah 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 because like, if it affects how my relationship <laughs> is with this person and not to be in like a manipulative way like just from a if you have a disagreement with someone you care about like in yeah. in that moment not permanently but you're like oh damn like i did something to hurt them i i feel guilty it's that's human nature yeah because i think some people do misconstrue that because i think uh i you know a movie that we watched uh actually said it pretty well i think it was i think it was the glass onion he said don't confuse telling the truth with being an asshole or something like that it was something along those lines where people always kind of conflate with like oh well i'm just honest and it's like okay yeah but, oh yeah but you're still a dick you know like it yeah so, you can be an honest person that doesn't get personal <laughs> yeah like exactly. getting personal doesn't mean you're honest it just means you're you're willing to to make somebody feel upset more personally but no i i feel like people conflate the two where it's like oh well i'm either brutally honest or i have to lie to their face and it's like no that's not at all how human interactions work <laughs> like there's a multitude of options that you have even if you don't agree with what someone's saying there's so many options on how to go about that even and not and i'm not even saying you have to outright agree with them if someone is just being very like you know hardcore like you know bigot or like something that you just don't agree with in public you don't have to agree with them but you don't have to like try Make to a scene. yeah you don't have to um what's the word escalate escalate thank you yeah you don't want to try to escalate this. <laughs> you don't want to try to escalate the situation you just want to find a way to make your point but also calm everything down but i don't know i don't know i know i kind of went on a tangent there but uh yeah no I at don't the know. end of the day the easiest cop out is damn that's crazy yeah right exactly yeah whoa you yeah. hit him with one of those it yeah <laughs> yeah, and then next topic, bam. Yeah, yeah. My my go to is I hear you. I don't know why, but like I feel like that one. It makes people feel heard. <laughs> but but yeah, especially at work, people will just kind of dump their shit on me, especially because lately we have to scan every ID when we sell cigarettes or alcohol. It, oh, yeah. Interesting. It, it's actually like a law that passed January 1st out here in Vegas where for all tobacco sales, they have to scan IDs. But with some stores, you can't really tell the difference between a sale of tobacco and alcohol. So when they try to look at your receipts to see if you scanned IDs, they they don't know the difference. Like, it's really, I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs, but it's really annoying. We have to scan every ID. And I'm talking like an 80-year-old veteran who's buying like a tall can of butt ice, I have to ask to scan his ID, you know? So 100% of the time throughout the day, I have to hear people constantly complain like, oh, you know, I'm 79 years old and I never had to fucking have someone scan my ID. And I just have to be like, oh, yeah, I hear you, man. Like, I, like every single time. I Like, what? I don't know what else to say. Like, what... <laughs> I, that, and honestly, it that's usually the best, especially when you're in the customer service situation. You don't want to tell them they're wrong, even usually when they are wrong. Uh, it's always yeah. best to just kind of quell the situation. Just yeah. just keep it amicable and and don't don't let it escalate. You know, no. And they I, see you out there hustling. <laughs> and I will say that uh, you know, because this is you know what I'm going to use this time to vent. Joseph, don't cut any of this out. <laughs> 
do it. No, uh, but I, I, I think it's interesting working at a convenience store because it's somewhere in between customer service where you don't have to be as cordial as like a restaurant or like retail with clothing because a lot of the times like yes you want to create a nice environment for the good people but when someone is an asshole it's way easier to just be like yo dude get the fuck out this is a gas station stop being a dick like it it, it's not as like crazy as being in a Chili's and having to kick out someone (laughs) who's being crazy do you know what I mean it's it doesn't nobody gives a shit if you kick a drunk person out of a gas station people are like yeah that's a normal Tuesday but if you kick a drunk person out of Chili's it's like oh this is a big deal so there it is nice that there are some times where you can just kind of speak your mind to someone who is genuinely being an asshole, like, especially for the whole like cigarette things, because I think some people forget that like, like, yes, we are here as a service, like all restaurants, all stores, all those, they're here as a service, but they're not here for you individually. You know what I mean? Like they are not here to service you as a special being if if you can't abide by specific rules of society or things that then no maybe you can't be served that's literally the definition of no shirts no shoes no service you know like that's kind of the idea you know yep so these people keep complaining they're like well you know the fucking law says that nobody under 40 has to have their id scanned and when people really lean into it like over yeah which is true like it's it's like the law that was passed on january 1st it says that nobody under 40 has to or i'm sorry jesus christ i i worded it wrong over 40 <laughs> oh i was like wait i realized where the con- I, re- I realized where the confusion came from no but no you're like an 85 year old man i have to scan it but then a 21 year old comes in and i'm like yeah you're good to go kiddo on your way sir yeah uh no you don't even have to pay no I didn't even notice he came in. Here's your cigarettes. Uh, No, no, no. Like people, it's anybody over 40. Excuse me. Like they'll be snippety about that and be like, oh, that's the fucking law, you know? And when they keep pushing like more and more, I eventually like, the only like crazy thing I'll say to them or snippy thing that I say is I'm just kind of like, have you ever been to a club or restaurant that has a dress code? You know, and they kind of like look at me and they and they might be like, yeah, or they just keep looking, you know, and that's my sign that, yes, you have because you're a human being. And I go, (laughs) those are called policies. Those are not laws. When you go into a store, they have specific policies that you follow. And if not, we don't have to serve you. And then like every time they're like, oh, it's just, well, then I'll go somewhere else. And I'm like, please do. I don't want to deal with this. I do. <laughs> Nobody you're does. Like, you're not threatening me. That actually reminds me of a. Uh, well, before I say mine, did you want to continue that thought at all? No, no, please, please. I was going to say it reminds me of I was working for a, a unnamed company, and <laughs> in this company, I made outside calls, and one of the calls, the person picked up, and I said who I was, and I said the script that I had, and. And they had started arguing about like you know why are you calling me and and I, I I never want to be that person. So I told them I was like, here's the thing: all you have to do is tell me you want to be taken off the call list, and we won't ever call you again. I was like, you know, I I totally understand. I'm so sorry. 
and and it was one of those situations where they were more mad and wanted to argue with oh, me more Jesus. than they wanted to be taken off the do not call. So I'm like, because in you my gave head, them an out. I, yeah. Yeah. And I, I kept trying to remind them, like, I understand you don't want to be speaking to me. You don't have to speak to me. But yeah. I was like, I don't, I, I didn't want to be the one to hang up on, on someone because again, like that, that always looks bad. So I'm like, and actually, sir, we, we, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but we should point out this is like before scam calls were like even really a big thing. So like, you know, like I feel like at oh, the yeah. time, like this was just a, this was like a little while ago. Like where, people would still doing like sales calls, like yes. sales calls were still normal. Um, this is, I think around like 2016 or 2017 ish, but it, it wasn't as heavy of the automated, um, auto dialers that people have. And, and maybe they, they were using it then, but I don't remember it being like that big of a deal as compared to realizing people were mad because they were getting sometimes a sales call. Now yeah. I will say that company specifically called leads that we had, um, <laughs> but that's not here nor there. The point is. <laughs> It's interesting when sometimes people get mad, they get blinded by things. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, you don't you don't have to be spending this time talking to me. Oh, I've been there. I'm not making any money, so I'm like, please just <laughs> No, believe me. I I've, I've been there and on both sides. And that's why I always try to like be present and aware when I'm on that side of it. You know like Especially oh, yeah. like if I'm at a, especially lately, if I'm at a convenience store and there's a long line, I will either one, decide if the thing I Go need is important enough, exactly, and then just leave. Yeah. And if it is important enough, I will just wait in line and be like, okay, anyway, uh, that was a good little intro there. We didn't even, we haven't even talked about our topic yet. No, I texted you a little a little earlier today and said I wanted to talk about scenes from movies or TV shows that scarred us when we were children. And I wasn't sure at first, I was going to almost frame it as like, hey, if, if you can think of anything, let me know. We'll talk about it. But if not, no big deal. We can talk about something else. And you immediately responded with, very aggressive things to say. This episode of Sesame Street scarred me as a child. Okay, hold on. Okay, so Mitchell has just messaged me in the Discord with classic Sesame Street, Ernie and Bert visit a pyramid. Now, in the comments, if you check, people mention... and. <laughs> There was a different video that had more comments about people saying, like, this gave me nightmares as a child. I was part of that select proud few. Um, they oh. also go on to mention that there was weird, eerie music that played that I don't think plays in this YouTube video. My guess is due to copyrights. But there was another element of fear, is all I'm saying, than, than just the video alone provides you. Have you as ever been comments related in this clip? Have you ever been afraid of puppets? Are you afraid of puppets? No, not at all. So there's just something about this clip. You know, all right, I'm going to watch it real quick. I, I think it would be worth it because I have an idea and you know me pretty well. So I, I think you'll, you'll, you'll understand. Well, it's five minutes long. Is there a part of it specifically that, that that's... Um, yeah, hold on. Let me... 
Because then maybe I can we can narrow this. Yeah, down no, a I'll bit. I'll skip to the part that like. All right. One minute and 35 seconds. Go to about there, play, and and watch that for a little bit. One minute and 35 seconds? Yep. This is episode 1706. When did that come out? So the premise is Bert and Ernie go to visit this pyramid. While they're exploring said pyramid, Ernie goes off and does his own thing. And, and no, no. Bert goes up. Which one is the yellow one? Bert? Uh, Bert is the yellow one. Yes, Bert is yes, off doing right. his own thing. So, so Bert goes off doing his own thing. Ernie is alone. And suddenly he's not alone because the statue kind of comes to life. There was something terrifying about <laughs> being alone with the threat that you then couldn't prove when your friend returned because it happens like two times that Bert comes running back and Ernie's like, this thing was moving. And Bert's like, you're full of shit. And, and <laughs> leaves. And then Ernie's just there to pick up the pieces by himself. And <laughs> it was almost... Pieces I, by himself. <laughs> like he's distraught and, and it was almost this idea of like oh my god he's been abandoned but at the same time like and you can ask my parents like i cried watching this episode like i was hiding behind the couch <laughs> this scarred me uh and and comments comments agree uh oh do they terrified they've, they've, now, oh, i thought you this. meant on the podcast i was like oh they already agree oh they will they will but they turned off comments on the actual Sesame Street posting of it, and someone had reposted this. So it's not the same one that I think I had originally found, but but I know people out there were affected by this episode. Wow, that's that's interesting. So now, granted, this episode came out in 1982. Yeah, that's not. I watched it. I probably watched it in the mid to late 90s. It's also a blatant ripoff of Abbott and Costello. Uh, meet Frankenstein. I don't know. If, uh, well, if you no, ever... no, I I was so terrified. Do you think <laughs> I was going to research further into this nightmare fuel? Abbott and Costello is one of the things that scarred me as a child. Funny enough, uh, and you oh. know, I didn't have it on my list necessarily, uh, but that's interesting because it. There is literally, there's a movie called Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein. And it's this kind of, like, almost, imagine like a 1940s or 50s version of a parody movie where it was uh, two comedians. Their name is Abbott and Costello. They were big at the time. They would do, like, sketch comedy, you know. So, uh, imagine, imagine, like, SNL today like that's kind of what their vibe was you know making those yeah kind of and they had a halloween special where they teamed up with frankenstein and dracula and the the mummy and werewolf and 
it was kind of like a horror movie with them as the main star. So it was a comedy. There's literally a scene where they're in an old uh, museum and there's a mummy inside of the coffin and it keeps coming alive and uh, fucking with Abbott. And he'd be like, Chad, Chad, and like scream for him to come back. And when he would come back, he'd be like, yeah, it was alive. He was alive. Look at him. Look at him. He's like, ah, it's never been deader. Come on. Stop messing around. And like, it's literally like this exact scene. Like, it's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who knows? Maybe one uh, Halloween, maybe this month or this month, maybe in uh, <laughs> maybe Halloween this year, I'll have to suggest that movie one week. I don't know. Hey, the more you science. This is very familiar to me, though. This Sesame Street scene. So I know I've seen it. And I I was going to say, you were a kid in the 90s. Yeah. And I think you've also told me about this before. I don't remember the context. Not to imagine telling you about, like, my darkest fear. (laughs) That's your biggest mistake. (laughs) Uh so no, I actually have quite a few. I don't know if you had any more or if this was just kind of like your your main one. Uh this was the big send-off. Um I I think I did have one or two more. Okay. I, yeah. Uh but you go you go ahead. Okay. I don't uh, and that's the thing is I don't really have as much to say about a lot of these as you did about that one, you know? So it's more of just me being like, "Oh yeah, these fucked me up." And that's yep. about it. Um, but okay. So I had, these are the ones that popped to my mind uh, immediately when I was thinking about this today. And it's the scene in Roger rabbit where the Christopher Lloyd, uh, judge doom is starts turning into a tune character and his eyes start bulging out and his voice gets I like, know exactly really? the I scene bitched. that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So it's getting crazy. Yeah. No, that shit fucked me up, man. I did not like that. Made me uncomfortable. Um, there's something about noises rising at a pit, uh, either pitch or volume steadily. That makes me uncomfortable. Like, like that shit. No, fuck that. I don't like it. It's funny. I think the audio on Discord cut it out once you started going at a certain mm-hmm. height, but I know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> Discord didn't want to scare you too much. <laughs> Thank goodness, because uh, it's getting spooky in here. You spooky. thought it'd be the Halloween episode. Oh, right. Yeah, we I, didn't even save this. I, We're halfway to Halloween. No, that's fine. It's it's ha- half half Halloween. That's also not true at all. Half, from, no, I'm happy at the- Halloween even though it's not yeah. i also had the mummy do you remember when the beetle starts crawling on oh. the guy's arm oh that's a good one this the second i saw that tyler i ran <laughs> from my grandparents living room to their bedroom threw myself on the bed and started crying it's <laughs> <laughs> incredible oh mortified my God. that's amazing Okay, yeah. No, that's a good one. F- yeah, that fucked me up too. And the scene where like the mummy isn't fully formed yet and he's still kind of like broken up and he screams and his mouth gets real big. Yeah, that that fucked me. Yeah. No, that movie was scary, but it's it's a good one. That was one of my favorites as a little kid. Uh which makes sense now. But the okay, I did have Have you seen Pet Cemetery ever? 
No. No, I've not. Okay, so it's like a it's a Stephen King shocker. Another movie that you've seen that I have not. Right. Hmm. Fascinating. No, it's a it's a Stephen King novel that was turned into a movie in the eighties, I believe, maybe seventies, but I think it was eighties. And they actually made a remake recently, but it's not that great, so it's whatever. But in the uh, in the original, there's a scene where. Um, I don't know if I have to explain the premise of the movie for this to make sense, but basically people are buried in this pet cemetery and then they're come back to life. So like, but they're basically evil when they come back is the idea. So this little boy dies and the parents decide to bury the kid there to see if he comes back. So when he does, he comes back and then he's fucked up. And there's just this scene where he's underneath a bed in this farmer's house and the farmer's like walking around trying to find him. And then his hand just like shoots out from underneath the bed and starts cutting the farmer's ankles with like a scalpel. Ooh. And I literally, and he's doing this like, he, 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 like this laugh thing while he's like cutting. And I could not put my feet near the edge of beds till like last week. <laughs> like, uh, um, that that shit fucked me up. Like I don't know why, but I I think because I was about six when I saw it, maybe even younger. So oh, yeah. Well, my mom was obsessed with Stephen King, and she was like, "Start them young. They're just movies," which is true, you know. But uh, until they're not. Yeah. Uh, here I'll lightning round a few of these. Here I got Jumanji. Pretty much all of it. There's something about that movie that just like. <laughs> It's so fucking scary. Like, I love it. It's a great movie, but there's so much about it that's fucking terrifying. Like, the kid who becomes, like, a monkey, and they get sucked into the floor. Like, they, like, the, the quicksand floor, and the house that becomes a jungle, and there's, like, an alligator and a fucking shark, like, in their house. No, no, no. It's terrifying. That that movie is scary as shit for a kid. Um, the clown. Anaconda. From Poltergeist. Anaconda is a good one. Um, anything long and slinky that can wrap around you, don't like it. Um, no, yeah, Anaconda. I convinced my grandfather to let me watch it as a kid, and then like halfway through it, I was crying. And I, I guess I actually told him like, "Why would you let me watch this movie?" And he's like, "But you asked." And I was like, "But I'm the kid." That's <laughs> like I was blaming him for letting me watch the movie that I wanted to watch that scared me. Rightfully so. I, he should be the adult. I know a movie <laughs> that we saw together that, and and not not as kids, like as as clearly at least teenagers, and we were like, holy shit, that was really scary. Mm-hmm. The Conjuring, the first one when it first came out. Oh, yeah. I didn't, it didn't scar me. Like, I still went home and slept like oh, a, like a no. baby. Uh, that... But I covered my, my eyes in the theater. <laughs> yeah, that you, shit was scary. Yeah, you pussy. No. <laughs> no i'm just kidding no that 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 did have some really bad scenes um it's weird to think now that i think movies have surpassed that level of horror you know but at that time that was like the scariest thing i've ever i i had seen do you know what i mean yeah it it was the only thing at that age and and since then that got me that scared while watching it Mm mm-hmm but to your point, I think movies have have done better jobs in maybe some of the storytelling and 
and not just the the Conjuring series, just other movies in general. And but but something oh, about yeah. that that movie, the way they did it, when they did it, I mm. it, it was phenomenal. Yeah, it's a it's a great balance of like classic horror elements, like che- almost cheesy horror elements, mixed with kind of modern, uh, subtle dramatic horror you know like because it's not it's not quite like hereditary you know where it's quiet and you know it's, it's not as like right. in your face but it's not straight up like a slasher like uh fucking friday the 13th or something you know it's it's got that nice balance in the middle it's yeah good. oh honorable mention it wasn't a movie but when i was a kid probably about seven or eight years old my grandparents took me to laughlin i played some kind of arcade game of shooting zombies <laughs> it was probably house of the dead and for months i had nightmares to the points where like <laughs> my parents like i remember my dad calling up my grandmother his mom and, and just being like don't you ever ever take him to play a stupid zombie video game again we haven't slept in weeks <laughs> like oh it was it was bad that's amazing. I, okay, so I do I do have a few more. Just I have to mention, I have The Courage of the Cowardly Dog. Uh, there's there's a few, but the biggest one is King Ramsey's. And I I was going to say the one with the courage. Yeah. Standing out there, like, yeah. waving. It, I think it was the style of of character. It was, it yeah. was different. It was this uncanny kind of... 3d cutout almost animation style yeah um yeah it was like a it was almost like a 3d cgi character but in a 2d like world so it didn't look right it just made it look so eerie um how that was such a great show uh you you should probably just put down claymation as a true entirety no you know what you're right claim i because I just avoided <laughs> it entirely. Yeah, I didn't. I can't think of one specifically that like scarred me, which is funny because I must have blacked that one out, and it's why I don't like. Right, like because I would have guessed that you saw like the original like claymation of King Kong or something as a kid, and and like the look uh... of, of the character design like like just got got to you. No, right I, in the subconscious. I I think there's a really fucked up kind of claymation. Cl- looking character oh, shit in, what i what? broke the cup holder on my desk because i was fucking around with it it's not probably permanently fucked up but i was messing with the screw and and then it fell off my foot i'm sorry it's okay jo- joseph no. fix the desk jo- joseph fix that desk but no i there there is like a pretty fucked up claymation type character in uh i think it's like a peewee's peewee adventures movie or peewee's adventure movie i don't know it's I can't remember exactly. It's like Greta Gerwig. I I don't know. Joseph, look this up for me. Let's figure Beretta out if I'm crazy. Beretta. Put in a little thing. Put in a little footnote from crazy. But no, I beep, beep. no, I don't know why claymation is the thing that freaks me out. But it is. Uh, and okay, my last one is I just have. There's a scene from The Evil Dead, where when I was about uh, maybe. 11 or 12 years old my mom had me and a bunch of like my friends from the neighborhood at the time over and we had a movie night and she was like oh who wants to watch the original evil dead movie and 
this one kid was like, oh yeah, I've seen all those old horror movies. He was like a little bit older, you know, than me at the time. And I thought it was like, oh yeah, I'm cool. I can watch those too. And there's just this one scene where everyone, nothing has happened quite yet, but all of the, the evil has been released. There's all these kids stand sitting around and there's one character using these like playing cards and he's pulling out a card at a time trying to get the girl to like read what card it's going to be as if she's psychic, you know? So he'll hold up the card and be like, all right, what is it? And she'll be like, oh, it's a three of diamonds. And he'll never show her the card, but she's almost always wrong. But he'll be like, oh, wow, good job. You got it right. Like kind of fucking with her, you know? And mm-hmm. while he's doing that, there's this one girl just staring off through the window in the cabin. And as he starts pulling them out, like he'll pull out like a queen of hearts. And then from across the room, she's just like queen of hearts. And then he like puts it down and pulls out another one. And it's like a four of spade. And he's like, she's like four spades. And he starts pulling them out faster and faster. And she just keeps reading them faster and faster and faster. And it's getting like louder and louder and more intense. And then she turns around from the window and her face is completely deformed as like a demon. And the music stings like really fucking loud. And she's like screaming like, Ace of Hearts. Like, And I was like, oh my God. Like I'm like an 11 year old <laughs> losing my mind. And I was like, hey mom, can I talk to you outside for a second? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, need a quick cigarette break. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. It's not even. It's not the movie. I just need a break for a second. No, but yeah, that. Um, and I don't even know how accurately I'm remembering that scene, but man, it fucked me up. It was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like it. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Damn boy. All right, it's that time of the episode where we talk about the movie that was suggested last week. Remember, if you don't want to be spoiled for any of these movies, watch them before you listen to the podcast. But if you don't want to, that's fine, too. You can listen to us anyway. And to be honest, studies have shown that spoiling a movie doesn't actually cause any adverse effect to your enjoyment of the movie. That's true. You can look it up. Actually, spoiling movies makes people more interested in them. I'm serious. Look it up. I strongly disagree. It's not true. Look it up. Look it up. You Science can spoil shit. Exist. You can spoil stuff. I oh yeah, spoil milk. Oh okay. Then, then, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know what we call that? Cheese curds. Suck my dick. Wisconsin wouldn't exist without spoiled <laughs> milk. Let's go. <laughs> so Mitchell, last week you suggested Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Why don't you introduce the movie for us? Since it was your uh, you know your idea. I think I will. Uh, this movie came out in 1999, uh, March 5th. Director Guy Ritchie. Uh, it has a lot of really great actors. Um, one of the big names that everyone's going to know right off the bat is Jason Statham. Um, but it is a... It's kind of like the Glass Onion, where there's a lot of <laughs> small different stories happening at the same time that are all connected but it, it's not until a lot of things happen like halfway through the movie that you're like, oh my gosh, all of these stories are intertwined. And I, I think they did a great job with it, but but I don't want to jump ahead of myself. Yeah. Um, so what were your thoughts going into this? Okay, yeah. So like I said, I think I mentioned in the previous podcast, I had seen this once before a while ago. And 
uh, I think I was super stoned when I watched it. So I didn't remember much. I just remembered enjoying it. I remember the soundtrack being sick. And I remember a lot of fast-talking British slang that I didn't understand. Which, in fact, my first note, even when I started the movie, was I am for sure going to need subtitles. Because right when Jason <laughs> Statham started being like, all right, let's separate the big bots from the biddly bops and get the kids wet, get the giddly gops and get the needy from the greedy to the gizzity gaps. I was like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> Turn on those subtitles, please. Um, but yeah, no, I, so, all right. I did like it a lot. Um, I don't think I liked it as much as I thought I was going to. If that makes sense. Interesting. Yeah. I Okay. At least from what I remembered when I had watched it before, which again, wasn't much. I don't know. I, I feel mixed about this. And uh, again, that's the movie does it a little bit on purpose. You know, I, I feel like the first half is almost meant to set you up to ask a lot of questions, to be confused, to kind of force you to follow along. Because I will say, once you hit like three fourths of the way through this movie, you know I'm hooked. I'm I'm completely following along, trying to figure out what the everything fuck's going falls on. into place, and, you, and yeah. you're finally kind of putting things together. I, yeah, I think it yeah. definitely does that. Where you get a lot of different pieces, but there's no clear transition between them. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of trying to figure out, all right, is this is this connected? Is 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 this a different kind of story? Uh, but yes, you, you then end up finding out, oh my gosh, there is a, a, a connection to all this. Yeah, I I think where I, and I know you just kind of offhandedly said this, I don't think you were just trying to make like a direct comparison, but where I kind of disagree, it's like a glass onion thing. And it's one of the, re- uh, uh, it's one of the reasons I don't think I fully enjoyed this as much as I would, is that all of the connecting factors of the movie, you know, like uh, when they're revealed... They don't necessarily make a rewatch of the movie any more engaging. They don't because everything is revealed to you at such a pace where it's hard for me to explain. Well, like like in a Glass Onion or a movie like that where you're watching earlier scenes and someone does something weird or says a certain line that doesn't make sense until you watch it a second time because now you understand the concept or like the context of what they were saying. That doesn't necessarily happen in this movie. That there isn't really much that makes it like, oh man, they're they're unraveling a mystery. It's more of just making you go like, oh fuck, that just like this is gonna connect. And that doesn't make it any worse or better. It's just, do you know what I mean? It's almost like a different experience. Um, yes, it's. I'll say yeah. It's not you. It's using the the kind of multiple piece different stories that are connected. But it's not a mystery that's going to be solved. It's more of how are they getting out of this situation? Yes. And you start to figure out how all of these people have intermingling stories and stuff like that. But yeah, not not in a way, again, like we were saying, it's not like a big Lebowski where you're trying to figure out who, who did done what. it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, or where it's more about just like, oh, shit, where is this going? Which is really engaging. It is really good. Yeah, I I really liked Jason Statham in it. I funny enough, the main cast isn't really the the stars of the show, in my opinion. Like halfway through the movie, they're almost kind of shoved to the side. Like I think the most interesting parts of the movie don't even really involve the main four guys. <laughs> like when I think I about was, it. 
That's so funny you say that because there was one point where I looked over at uh, Amanda because, you know, we were rewatching this and she's seen this a billion times. And I said, oh, my gosh, this is my one of my I, no, I said, this is my favorite part of the movie. And I won't say what part it is yet. But looking back at it, they were like 10 percent of yeah. that scene. Yeah, it's 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 interesting how much the main characters. And not to of say they movie... did bad. No, no, it's just they're not written to be the star attraction of a scene. If that makes any sense. No, which is kind of the point of the movie. Again, it's almost like a they can't they have no control over this as much as they try. You know, like it's they just keep ending yeah. up in the shit situation no matter what. Uh, like a comedy of errors, but it's all also like their own fault. Like people keep setting themselves up for their own failure type of thing. Uh, not to say that there's much like to say depth wise about this movie. Like, I don't think this movie has a lot of like, it's uh, deeper narrative. It, we're on this theme of movies that aren't necessarily trying to, to give you a story to walk home with. Yeah, no, no. Uh, I, well, the platform tried. Uh, yeah okay yeah platform. <laughs> it tried but it's okay no um you know this this was just like a fun like action no but what's funny is there isn't even much action until late in the it, movie it's almost like, more I, adventure yeah I, or, I feel like they, they if anything they're on their own little personal adventure of shenanigans yeah okay so okay we kind of gave our thoughts let's let's start setting up like a quick little run through of the movie so basically there's these four guys who are, are kind of like schemers scammers and uh you know your ne'er-do-wells your guys who just want to make a quick buck and apparently they've been saving up what was it twenty five thousand quid each each to and one guy is a straight shooter Yes, and that's kind of, yeah, they set up the the group, which, okay, I do have to mention, I didn't necessarily like the amount of narration in the beginning of the movie. I felt like it over-explained things that were were kind of very clear in the movie. I, I think the movie and the actors and the characters do a great job of setting up what type of people they are. And yet you have the narrator, like, butt in and, like, pause the scene and be like, Hey, this is Gary. He's a good guy, but he could do a little bit better if he didn't do it. And it's like, they, they, the movie should do that without it. And it does. It does. The characters are great. And they do a great job of portraying that. So I didn't feel like the narrator was necessary and that it kept distracting me. And it's funny because about a third of the way through the movie, there is no more narrator, except for maybe like once or twice. So I, I, it almost felt like, why was it even there? I, if it wasn't a consistency, Thing through the whole movie i don't know i don't know maybe they just felt like i almost feel like there was that too much was like i feel like it was like a late 90s thing where yeah. movies in that that genre had a, a genre in that era had a lot of narration like i almost think it was like a stylistic thing at the time yeah but i could be entirely wrong no you're not wrong and it's funny because i did uh i did happen to be on the imdb page for this movie and then I went to the director's page, and the director is Guy Ritchie, and he's pretty—he's a pretty big director. He did—he actually did the Aladdin remake recently with Will Smith. Oh, the so, live action? Yeah, yeah. Uh, which Never we, saw. It. Yeah, me neither. Uh, and, and that's fine, and we shouldn't. But 
No, he he did that one. And it's funny because I went to the director's IMDb page and literally as a trivia, the top trivia point for him was this director loves using narrators. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> wow. That makes a lot of fucking sense. Uh, but yeah, no. So they, basically they these four guys, they saved up this money to join a poker game which is a very high stakes. Yeah, he's he's a bit of a card shark. He can read people. He can read their emotions. Um, and they think he'll be a good bet to take home some of the fucking money. That's sweet money. And he's doing well. He does good at first. Yeah. And what you find out is that the head honcho, Harry, Hatchet Harry, is fucking with him. He's got cameras set up, looking at everybody's cards. Ian. He's got him. He's got him by the bowls. But yeah, no. And he's got a. He's got his his lackey, who I loved. What what was his name? The Baptist. Bobby the Baptist. What's Bar- his name? Barry the Baptist. Barry. Barry. That's right. Yeah. I. He was amazing. And I guess apparently he passed away right before this movie came out. That's who the dedication was to. Oh. At the end. Yeah. Oh dang. Uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't realize that at all until the, uh, till a little bit after when I was looking it up. So, um, yeah, no, he was incredible. Um, all the acting in this, like you said, was great. Sting was in this. St- wait, wait, why do I feel like I recognized him, but realize? didn't realize that was Sting? Who, wait, who was he? Sting, Sting was, um, what's his name's dad? Uh, oh, yep. The, okay. The, the, the poker player. Yep. The. Why? Because I'm looking at the IMDb, not the IMDb page, but the cast page on Google. But it's their current modern day pictures, and I'm like, I, <laughs> these guys are a lot older than they were in 1998. Uh, um, I know, I can't remember. I, I his can't name tell either. which one of them because they're. It's either Soap. Mm-mm, no, nope. it was Eddie. That was, it was the Eddie. Chef. Yeah, That's it was Eddie. It was. Soap was so the Eddie's chef. dad owns the bar. Is Sting? Yes, uh, and I know that he's not. He's not soap because I do have a note here that soap is the chef, and I said the chef looks like Linguini from Ratatouille, because uh, <laughs> he does. Uh, uh, but okay, so I do I do have some good quotes here from the movie because there are some good quotes. I will say, especially with like how many British one-liners they have. There's so many. I didn't yeah. get I didn't get many. I I put down a few, but like. I mean, how could it, I would literally have been writing down every single line they said if I was to write down like good there, lines. There was a lot know? of there was a lot of good lines in this. Yeah, like I loved uh, when Barry is trying to enlist those two dumbasses to steal the shotguns for him, <laughs> and he's like, "Shotguns? You mean like guns that fire shots?" It's <laughs> like. Yeah, yeah, that's a shotgun. You're keeping up. Like that, dude, that shit was, I don't know, something about shotguns. You mean guns that fire shots? That shit's so funny. Just just those two guys throughout the whole movie. That yeah. Just... And I love that, yeah, they, they do perfectly encapsulate, like, the, the madness of this movie, especially how their main goal originally was to just steal these guns, get them back. But the guns weren't in the case that they were meant to steal, so they assumed that those guns were just kind of fucking fuck of all. They could just sell them. So they sell them. And the butler had one. So yeah, they're like, no, that clearly wasn't the gun 
that yeah. they wanted because they weren't in the safe. Exactly. So they sold those, but they were the only two guns that they actually needed. So then he's like, well, you got to get them back. So then they try to get them back. But by the time they go to try to get them back, they're already in the hands of the people they were trying to get them back for. So that when they're barging in to kill them, they're killing the people that they were trying to steal the guns back for. Like, dude, like, yeah, no, it's so good. It's there. It's almost a little too much. I, I think people just need to watch this movie if they really want like the full run like i don't i think there's almost too much to for us to really explain i i think it's just i i don't know i don't know what what did you want to say though sorry yeah no because we could talk about a bunch of different scenes in the movie but if we don't explain all the other scenes and all the other characters that connect into it yes you don't get the full picture Um, yes like a, a quick overview is you have harry who is this porn um i don't know if he's a producer but he sells porn not porn like, memorabilia i, I guess, guess like toys sex toys and yeah stuff. sex toys which yeah isn't, which isn't porn by the way i, th- I also thought well, that was kind of weird like but i mean unless they they use that word like differently or interchangeably than we do maybe oh those weird brits yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so he is the one that wants the guns, but he also scammed the boys that he played poker with out of money. So there is another guy, and this guy is the the kind of drug dealer in the city. Um, and he has people who grow weed for him um, in this random other unit that isn't affiliated with anybody steals from the drug dealer's uh, people who are growing marijuana. You're doing great. And then, and then the main characters, they steal the weed from that guy and the money. And their thought is, okay, cool. We know a guy that we can sell all this weed we stole to, not realizing that the guy that they're selling the weed to was the guy that they stole from. Yeah. Well, not just the guy that they stole from. It's the guy that they stole from that they stole from. Like, cause, because they, the, the, especially the reason that they don't know who they're getting the weed from is because there's two degrees of separation because they're stealing it from their neighbors who yep. are stealing it from their drug dealers who are growing it for this specific guy. So it's like, they don't have any idea who this weed is from. So they're just like, yeah, fuck it, sell it. So like, yeah, there's so many degrees of separation that they have no clue um and i love it how it even in the end of the movie the or near the end i think eddie yeah his name eddie he kind of brings up he's like i don't think we can be implicated in anything except for the guns (laughs) it's like that's it (laughs) um which i i don't think is true and only because there was a literal shootout in their apartment and a bunch of dead bodies, which is like, what happened with that? You know, like, I'm assuming police had to clean that up or show but I, up. I, 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 but like, they can't be responsible for two... I guess, yeah. Like, it's saying they just showed especially up. Especially because the neighbor went through their wall to break into theirs. Like, that's... True, true, true. Okay, that's a good point. Yeah, that could clear it up. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting how it's like they never really brought that up again, how they're just like, yeah, we're not responsible for anything. There's like 10 dead bodies in their apartment. 
it's like, oh, okay. But yeah, no, that, that, that could make sense where they, they were at, they weren't there. And these drug dealers decided to do their business in this apartment and broke through our wall. And yeah, yeah. no, that could work. That could hold up in court. And that's where I had made the comment to Amanda where I was like, oh my gosh, this is my favorite part of the movie because you get to a part where the drug Lord realizes, okay, the guy that is trying to sell me weed doesn't realize that the guy he's getting the weed on behalf of stole it from me because he makes the comment like you must be innocent (laughs) because you walked into here not realizing that i had you brought in because the weed you're trying to sell me is weed that was stolen from me so when he so when he asks him hey where did you get this from he sends the guy to their house but people at their house are the neighbors that broke in. So the neighbors are waiting for them, guns loaded, because they have they want to get back at them for being stolen from. But this other faction from the drug lords is going to take back what was stolen. <laughs> so they just entirely wipe each other out, and the guys just pull up. And that's not even the first time that happens. No. No, not at all. No, that it's... I I actually loved that first robbery scene with the uh, like the four you know main stars when oh my gosh yeah yeah when they're all kind of like camped out behind certain items like they somehow positioned themselves perfectly to where when they would walk in they all had a direct line to like either grab someone or shoot someone and it was like it was just it was a it was a very well laid out kind of like robbery you know. Um, but then, yeah, no, the scene with the um, with the cage when they're trying to get through and like <laughs> and like when he blew off that guy's toe, like that was pretty. Like they, you don't see anything, but there's just something about that visceral, like oh fuck, like this this felt like a real moment, you know? Uh, yeah, it's good. It's good. I love the stoners in this. We're great. I think they. Uh, <laughs> the girl in the couch that just gets up. Oh my god! I picks, totally picks forgot. up the machine gun. Yeah, I totally forgot she was there as well. Um, yep. It was it was brilliant, and then she just lights him. Only one, one guy up somehow. Just one. Yeah, <laughs> felt unbelievable. There was a few things in this that you had to uh, have a suspension of uh, disbelief a little bit because. <laughs> They, they did have some ridiculous stuff, but, oh, I did like, I did write down, I have a note that says, why was that guy on fire? And then four notes later, I have, oh, that's why the guy was on fire. Yeah, they, good, good job of throwing something at you that, that came back. Um, I even like the idea that at one point they get these antique guns for like 700 quid that are worth <laughs> like the amount that they have to pay back. Yep. Yeah. They literally had the thing they needed under their nose. Like I think twice throughout the movie, they already had what they needed, but didn't realize it. And that is pretty yep. funny. Yeah. They're, 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 yeah. No, there's uh this movie's very clever. The, the writing isn't like amazing. I feel like it's a lot of improv more than anything that's why i don't want to say the writing is amazing because i feel like it's a lot of improv from the people on set but their improv is incredible (laughs) and the story itself is really amazing i like how everything ties together i think the first half is a little bit slow i think like because at one point 
like I was watching the movie earlier today, actually, when I got off work and I was about, I think I was like 45 minutes into the movie and it's like an hour 45, I think. And Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how far I was into the movie yet, but I had to pause it because I had to go to the bathroom. And I remember thinking like, okay, this is starting to pick up. There's probably like a half an hour left because this is like the climax, you know, like I forget exactly what scene Uh. it was, but I was like, okay, this is starting to ramp up. And then I paused it and there was an hour left. And I was like, what? (laughs) I was like, wait, this is like really like getting going. Like, but, but when it did that, it didn't really stop. So like for that next hour, I was in it, you know, and it kept ramping up. It kept going. So that first 45 minutes, the first act is a little slow. Like I said, I think the narrator is like, I think you could cut out almost every part of the narrator, just have the scenes of the people we're introducing ourselves to and cut out like 10 to 15 minutes of the beginning and it would feel a little smoother. I don't know why. I just felt like, yeah, I was a little, but yeah, once it gets going, man, it takes off. For some reason, until I was looking at the cast, I didn't realize Jason Statham's name was Bacon in this movie. Yeah, Bacon. Yeah, I noticed that. I was like, oh, that's great. Name is fucking Bacon. And I did... All their characters were great. Like, I loved when uh, Eddie got into the poker game and they all had to go to the uh, Samoan bar (laughs) to get, like, the fruity drinks. And he's like, like, dude, if I wanted a fucking forest when I ordered my drink, I would... (laughs) Now go back and get me a beer. It's like that's good. It was, it's funny, and and again, even yeah. that scene introduces Rory, the uh, the drug dealer. You know who? Yep. You don't know who he is yet, but he's very stern about not changing the channel. And you find out that's why the guy was burned who ran out of the the fucking yep. bar a minute before. Uh, yeah, that's it's good man uh i don't know i don't i don't really have too much to say about this movie it's it you know it doesn't really there's not a lot of layers to it like there's a lot of things happening but again it's it's not a mystery on being unraveled you know what the plot is it's just more about how is this gonna end um and and less about you trying to solve any given yeah and and not even even beyond that because it's like not even not every movie has to necessarily be a mystery or or it doesn't really it doesn't really beg any questions it doesn't really like necessarily make you think you know it's not like i walked out of this movie thinking like oh man like what that really said a lot about like society and and like gang culture and it's it's more it's just this is like the definition of just a fun like action thriller comedy like uh, yeah it's not trying to be anything deep necessarily there's no message there's no it just enjoy it just enjoy it while you're watching it like i feel like like my my best description of a movie like this is it's what movies like fast and furious wish they were you know, or at least like this is what I imagine people think of when they like when they enjoy movies like the later Fast and Furious movies. I imagine that's how I enjoy these type of movies where I'm like, yeah, there's really nothing to it. Like it's not like saying anything. It's just really well written. It's it's fast paced. It's got good action. It's got good comedy. The writing is very neat and tidy. And like, yeah, no, I don't know. It's um. Uh, it's a good movie. I love Chris. I think Chris is my favorite character. Chris. Wait, which one's Chris? Chris is the one with the sun. That, that, oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> it was. I, I kept thinking it's so fucked up that he's bringing his son. Every time I saw that that little boy walk into a room with all this shit going on, I was like, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Like I, it was pretty funny though. Like yeah, oh uh, yeah, he was great, and uh, and I love how they kept calling the one character fat. Like, I don't know what that, like, I love how there was like that running joke, but they never explain it. They're just like, yeah, man, you're getting really fat. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I I think they meant on how he ate, like he should be. But they never like show that either. Like, I, I thought that they were going to, because that's what I thought too, but they never really show him like overeating or anything. It's just, they just keep calling him fat. Not a, I don't know, but he's like the skinniest guy in the whole group. He's like the scrawniest one. <laughs> so I don't know. I just, I didn't know what, you might be right though. He might be, like the whole idea was just that he's like, he eats so much he should be. But yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> All right. I think that brings us to, uh, to the rating portion, unless you have any final comments. No, no. I, uh, I guess just, final notes on that is i love the soundtrack the music is great i love the oh super good soundtrack oh yeah and i i love the kind of grainy film quality it has like the weird kind of yellow tinge lighting yeah the yeah very british very crime drama very italian job i like it it's very cool i dig it uh but no uh i give this movie a Three and a half stars. Seven out of ten. Give okay. It a clean seven out of ten. I I'm, I was debating between an eight or a seven. That that, that was that's why it took so long. Neither. <laughs> uh, no, I. It's funny. I I'm the same. I, I was almost like I feel like an eight is a little too high. Um, but a seven feel feels like a little six low. Was too low. Yeah, but even seven feels like a little detrimental, but I think that's fair. It's like the fairest number. (laughs) I I agree. I think it's with the length. I, yeah, if it was a little shorter, maybe, but, but at the same time, I liked it for, yeah, I'm going to go seven, you know, maybe, maybe seven and a half, but I, I'm strong seven. Yeah. Yeah. Strong seven. Yeah. No, I agree. I, uh, Cause yeah, I don't want to go. I don't like going into the halves once you get into the out of ten, because like I already yeah. do like the half stars with out of five. So it's like once you get into ten, well, it's like well now are we out of twenty? Can you do like a an eleven out of twenty or something? <laughs> a three quarters. A th- at four and three quarters, nine and three quarters. But I uh, no I yeah seven. Sevens across the board. It's strong seven. Yep. It's a great movie. I do think two, people should watch it. Two strong it. sevens. Yeah, I think it's highly a, recommend. It's a great. It's a great like get drunk with your friends and watch movie. You know. Uh, yep. Yeah, I don't. It's got that vibe to it. But all right, I uh, all right. Are we getting into next week's recommendation? What do you got for me? All right, I think I think my girlfriend started filling the bathtub as i'm still recording so i don't know if the mic will pick that up but that's fine we're finishing up here not a oh big that's deal. what that is yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna freak the fuck out later on her no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding no oh, yeah. so no for next week uh i am recommending spider-man 
Into the Spider-Verse. Okay. Yes, it is the animated Spider-Man movie that came out in, I believe, 2018? 19? 2018? Yep. Okay, yeah, yeah, 2018. When you said you didn't see this, I immediately knew I had to have you watch it soon. And I know the second one just came out. It's in theaters now. And I really want to go see that soon. So I thought, what better time to suggest this movie? Um, yeah, I think it's on Paramount Plus or Disney Plus for free. So it shouldn't be a problem to stream. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, guys, if you don't want to be spoiled for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, the first one, not the second one, first one, not the second one, uh, watch spider it. Spider-First. The Spider-First, not the spider Worst. Worst. There you go. Stuck the landing. Uh... <laughs> Make sure to watch it and make sure to join the uh, Neon Valley Discord. Links will be in the description of wherever you're listening to this. Uh, Mitchell, you have anything you want to shout out? I love sushi. I just want everyone to know that. Man, sushi is really good, isn't it, though? Like, you know, like a nice little nigiri or like a uh, or like a nice sashimi, you know? And I, like I haven't a, had sushi or, this whole little gyoza. Pregnancy. And I really miss sushi. <laughs> Gyoza isn't sushi, but you have it when you get sushi. <laughs> I'm just trying to sound authentic. But the man, you know what? We gotta go. We gotta go. That's how it gyoza. Hey. <laughs> but dun, dun, dun. Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>